Hey friends, welcome back to Creeps and Creeps. I'm Cece Delaney and today I'm joined by my friend Butterfly. Hello. I'm excited for this. Oh my gosh. Do you want to do a little intro? Tell us about you, where we can find you. Hi, I'm Butterfly. I make hyper pop and electronic music and you can find me pretty much on every social media platform. I'm on TikTok, on Instagram. We can put it in the description where to find me. Go check out my music. It's so good. You guys are not going to be disappointed. It's a full vibe. So today we are going to be talking about the case of Alyssa Bustamante. Have you heard of that one? No, I'm <laughs> glad because I want to just like, I want to just raw react. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. There's a lot to react to in this one too. <laughs> when I first researched it, I was like, I'm sorry, she did what now? That's a very adult decision for a 15 year old girl to make. No. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm ready. I'm so ready. Yeah. She's a bitty baby. So Alyssa Dalen Bustamante was born as a quote-unquote teeny tiny baby to a 16-year-old Michelle Brooks and Caesar Bustamante. She was born January 28, 1994 in Cole, Missouri, and her grandma was one of those really involved grandparents. Like, she was there to cut the cord, which to me is kind of weird because I feel like normally it's the dad, but... Yeah. She's an Aquarius. I'm like, oh no, I'm scared. <laughs> an Aquarius, knowing what we're capable of, I'm scared. Prepare yourself. Michelle, her mom had a history of drug and alcohol addictions. Like she was really battling through that disease. So mm -hmm. life was really hard for her. It really seeped its way into Alyssa's childhood, who ended up being kind of neglected a lot because of it. Alyssa's dad is in prison. I forgot. I can tell us why he didn't cut the cord. <laughs> no way. Okay, yeah, this is really setting up the vibe, the scene. Alyssa's grandparents, Gary and Karen Brooke, really tried to make sure that the kids, because Alyssa had one sister and two brothers, and the grandparents really felt bad for them because they're kids they don't know any better they didn't deserve this and so they went out of their way to try and take care of the kids and would send money to michelle to help buy food and pay for like bills and utilities and all of that meanwhile caesar Alyssa's father is in prison this whole time oh wow mm-hmm what is he in prison for? So he actually ended up going to prison for a stabbing assault. Oh no. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That ends up being a little ironic later. When Alyssa was just eight, her parents ended up splitting up and her mom moved the whole gang to California, which is where Gary and Karen were living. And despite the support from Michelle's parents, Gary and Karen, she unfortunately ended up relapsing. And even while they were in California, life was really hard for the whole family. That's sad. Mm -hmm. And so initially when they had moved to California, Alyssa and her mom and the kids were all staying with Gary and Karen. After a while, they were like, okay, maybe Melissa's ready for some independence. Let's help them out. So they bought them a trailer and still kept it on their land. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping a close eye on them. <laughs> exactly. Which apparently didn't really matter because Melissa made really short work of turning that place into a hellhole, unfortunately. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. The kids were very undisciplined and one morning Karen had stopped by to just deliver groceries and check on everything and there was trash all over there were holes in the walls really as trashy as she could make it it unfortunately became that way yeah was it like a hoarding situation yeah essentially and just kind of a loss of motivation ambition whatever you know how addiction will just take you there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
So she was really struggling and she had four kids to deal with while struggling through this really crippling disease. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a lot of kids. I was going to say, you said she was a a teen mom um, Mm -hmm. and having that many kids at that age. That's just, wow, I can't even imagine. They were doing great. And Alyssa was already displaying kind of interesting and maybe telling signs at this point. This is when she's about 12. So in 2001, Alyssa's grandparents were like, hey, Melissa, things are not going well. I think it's best if we take the kids. And so they ended up getting legal custody of all of the children and ended up moving them to St. Martin's, Missouri. There was so much happening in California that they were like, okay, maybe this can be a good fresh start, a hard reset, get the kids out of this environment that they were so comfortable in being this way I guess at this point too Gary and Karen had noticed that Alyssa was kind of mentally behind the growth curve like Mm. she was doing shit that you would see a little kid doing like pretending to be a giraffe in the middle of this busy store this 12 year old girl is just running around on all fours just oh my god yeah (laughs) wild now a little more than you would anticipate from a 12 year old like she really just got stunted long story short they're like let's get the fuck out of here and moved everyone to missouri when they moved they decided on just a really small town so saint martin's is just this tiny little close-knit rural community where everyone knows everyone it's always the small towns and it's always the pillars of the fucking towns that are gonna get you yep small town everybody knows everybody everybody's in everybody's business around town everyone saw Alyssa as this good kid she was getting straight a's she was super kind to all the neighborhood kids nobody expected this 180 degree pivot that she just suddenly bolted down Whoa. yeah and she went to an LDS church yeah, yeah I was gonna say, I've heard a lot about the LDS churches and there's Yeah, I've seen a lot of documentaries (laughs) and stuff. I would imagine that maybe she had some interesting experiences there, but I'm not sure. I could imagine, too, that it might be a lot of pressure, you know, from where she came from with her mom struggling the way she did. And I feel like as a kid, you don't want to travel down the same path as your parent, especially Mm -hmm. when it's such a dangerous and slippery slope. So all this pressure to like keep straight A's and now everyone knows her for that. So she has to maintain this personality. So she started making some really fucking weird decisions at around this point. She had a friend named Jessica. She said that she noticed that Alyssa had started to self-harm, but she was one of those kids who would do it and would be like, oh my God, you guys, what a day. Oh, and like shut uh, off. Like cry for help, sort of, but like right. also maybe yeah, to get attention or pity or to maybe paint herself in a certain way that was yeah. like non-threatening, maybe. I don't know. That's kind of what I'm thinking. And keep in mind, too, this is 2007. So in 2007, I was just starting high school, I think, or was like junior high. So she's actually just a year younger than me now that I think about it. I remember it was really big at that point to be like, I'm on antidepressants. And like, there was even that song by Evanescence, Lithium, you know? Like people romanticizing like mental illness. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I do think that played a big part in it because I remember being a self-harmer who was on medication and I was like oh my god you guys I'm so tragic and beautiful like Lana Del Rey yeah (laughs) it was definitely a different era so from that perspective I hate to say I get it but I get it because I was that kid but 
she was doing a lot of that. She was kind of on her bullshit. And I'm not minimizing the fact that I do seriously think that she had a lot of stuff going on upstairs. Definitely was like actually experiencing depression, but she was really exacerbating it by showing it off. Yeah. So at one point, things got so bad that she ingested an entire bottle of Tylenol in an attempt to take her own life. Luckily, it did not work. During this time, she ended up spending 10 days at a psychiatric hospital in St. Martin's, and that's when they put her on her antidepressants and shit really popped off. But it made it worse. Yeah. And I mean, I've also heard that especially, I don't know if this is true, I'm not a nurse or doctor, but Mm -hmm. I've been told that if you put kids on some sort of like hormone stabilizing things so young it Mm. truly does stunt their growth because like their brain's still trying to figure it out it's still soft and squishy and smooth so yes they're very they're very serious chemicals that alter yeah that's it's a lot to put a child on absolutely right so this is the heyday of social media like myspace twitter stuff like that people were obsessed with that shit oh yeah and she exactly. was a 12 year old with a twitter so you know what that means she's gonna be posting some really interesting shit a lot of her bios were like authority is stupid and chaos and anarchy one of her tweets said quote bad decisions make great stories unquote and another said quote All I want in life is a reason for all of this pain, unquote. Oh, wow. (laughs) Clearly, she had already been through it. Like, as much as I'm joking, it's still, like, clearly she had a lot going on. And if she hadn't done what she had done, I'd feel really bad. But she made very adult decisions, so I'm gonna take the piss out of you just a little bit. Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So on her hobbies on YouTube and MySpace, she listed, quote, killing people and, quote, cutting. She also started saying really concerning stuff to her bestie, Jessica. And she said, quote, I just wonder what it would be like just to kill someone. See the life just drain out of someone. I wonder what it would feel like, that type of power, to take that away from someone, unquote. That is like making me, you know, there's the whole question with serial killers and things like that. The question of nature versus nurture. Right. If the person was born with some sort of chemical imbalance or mental illness that could have caused it or if it was their upbringing this one I'm it's sounding like both almost because yeah you can go through a lot of things and yeah it might cause you to pick up certain tendencies but that to me almost sounds like the parents were born with certain predispositions almost and yeah it's almost like she got the the gene yeah she was a chip off the old block yeah (laughs) so not great and definitely alarming. And it's like, I can't blame Jessica for not being like, I'm going to call 911. Bye. Because, like, you're a kid. Mm-hmm. It's just like, that's what? scary. Yeah. Like, parents, please tell your kids that it's okay to rat their friends out if they start saying dumb shit like this. If anyone ever said that to me, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> Bye. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go tell my mom. Mama said I had to go home right now immediately. Bye. Things really get going on Friday, October 15th, 2009, when Alyssa and like the whole school, they had a day off. I think it was like a teacher's meeting, whatever. Doesn't matter. They just all had a day off. She spent her day digging two holes. Were they body-sized holes? (laughs) Don't worry about it. I'm terrified. Unfortunately (laughs) for her, one of these holes that may or may not be body-sized had too many roots to make it deep enough so she started digging somewhere else so initially the speculation was she was digging just a grave so yes human body sized 
but all over the internet there were a lot of speculations that because there were two she was planning on burying her brothers in there but later she's like nah there were just too many roots and I didn't feel like fucking with it at this point she's got her whole she's vibing she's good and Monday comes around and she's just back at school like nothing happened like she wasn't plotting someone's murder on Friday casually to see to do that and then go and act like nothing Mm-hmm. happen yeah, that's just mind-boggling to me we find her diary later which has some alarming stuff don't you worry we have a lot more to talk about here life goes on as usual she hangs out with her friends nobody suspects an entire thing and she's just waiting for the perfect opportunity to bounce and then on wednesday october 21st 2009 this opportunity came So we're going to pivot. We're going to be talking about Elizabeth Olton for a minute here. She lived with her mom named Patty and two siblings just four houses down from the Bustamante family. On Wednesday, October 21st, 2009, Elizabeth was just at home rehearsing her lines after school. She had this upcoming play. She needed to run her lines. I feel like I said running lines casually as if that's just like what kids fucking do after school. No, she had a play (laughs) coming up. So she's running her lines and her friend comes knocking on the door whatever this friend is Alyssa Bustamante's sister it doesn't really mention the name of her sister so I just keep calling her Elizabeth's friend or Alyssa's sister but that is the same girl it's just I think for anonymity purposes they kept her name out of the press so I didn't want to dig too deep find it and be like haha doxed bitch she comes knocking on Elizabeth's door at around 5 p.m so it's right before dinner Elizabeth has just finished running her lines and doing her homework and she's like mom can I go and her mom's like no like we're about to eat dinner but then you know how little girls are and they're both like please 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 and they break her she's like fuck fine go I mean probably not like that but that's how I'd be so that's why I don't have kids yeah she's like bye but wear down (laughs) yeah exactly as kids do she was like okay yeah go it's fine and just be back before six because that's when dinner will for sure be ready so the girls take off and it's kind of messy as to where they go Alyssa says that she never saw Elizabeth outside of just like in passing like hey my little sister's friend whatever but interestingly I don't know if I believe that because a little backstory all of the kids were close like the Bustamante and the Olton kids and all of the kids would hang out so the fact that Alyssa would typically play with Elizabeth in conjunction with her little sister to Mm -hmm. me it's a little weird that she's like suddenly today she's like no that's her story though so we can only really go with what we're told girls go out and play 6 p.m comes and elizabeth isn't home initially her mom's like maybe she got distracted normally elizabeth is like super punctual she's a really good kid really loved yeah and very respectful like just a good kid so not the type to be like ah f my curfew i'm pushing the boundary (laughs) exactly she should be home by all intents and purposes like she shouldn't be out so her mom's like okay let me call up Alyssa's grandma maybe she's still over there and she just got distracted Karen had just gotten home from church I guess there was some sort of function and Karen's like no Elizabeth isn't here I just got home from church so I don't know if she was here she could just be walking home but as it stands no I don't know where your kid is I'm so sorry a few minutes Mm -hmm. passes and now it's fucking dark The thing to know about Elizabeth is she's scared of the dark. Like, she hates that. Patty's like, there's no way my daughter would just be running the woods at night. 
that's not happening. So she's starting to freak out just a little bit. By 7 p.m., Elizabeth still isn't home and Patty's like, okay, that tears it. I'm calling the cops. She decides to file a missing persons report just an hour after her missed curfew. Police pretty much rolled up right away and because it was a small town, they realized this is probably going to be pretty difficult. So they reached out to other police departments in the area and then the fire department as well just to get more manpower on the ground. By 10 p.m., the whole neighborhood's there. Like, everyone showed up. It was super chill of them. Hundreds of people from the community, police, every sort of, like, law enforcement, fire department, everyone that was available, they're out. Boots on the ground looking for this little girl. As the investigators are wandering around town trying to find Elizabeth, they're talking to the other kids and kind of everyone in the area. And one name keeps coming up, and it's Alyssa. They're like... Mm -hmm hey, Alyssa's been kind of weird lately, or hey, I know Elizabeth likes to hang out with Alyssa, or I don't know, Alyssa's being a little bit of a punk these days, maybe go check on her. So they do, thank God. So the day after Elizabeth's disappearance, the FBI questioned Alyssa, and they had gotten a search warrant to go into her room and found her diary that was hidden under her blankets in her room. Oh, yeah. That's damning stuff in it. Oh, girl. There's a lot. On Thursday, October 22nd, Alyssa had skipped school that morning, went to her 16-year-old boyfriend Dustin's house. <laughs> this is the day after Elizabeth is missing at this point. As far as anyone knows, she's just missing. And Alyssa ditched school. Now, this is not like Alyssa. She does not ditch school. Like I said, she is a good kid for all intents and purposes. I mean, like I said, she's been a little rough around the edges lately. And even her principal had noticed, like, it was kind of such a small school and a small community that he's like, where the fuck is Alyssa? She was missed at school for sure. And she was not sneaky about this ditching process, but she ditched anyway and went to her boyfriend Dustin's house. Little does Alyssa know as she's in her interview that the investigators had found out that she ditched school and had a little play date with her boyfriend. So as she's being interrogated, they brought Dustin's little ass in and they're interrogating him as well. It's actually Friday the 23rd that they okay. brought all the kids in. So Wednesday, the kidnapping. Thursday, she's hanging out with Dustin, ditching school. Friday, her and Dustin are both getting interrogated. Like bam, 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 super quick. Dustin from what I gathered, was kind of like the bad kid, you know, in the neighborhood and could have corrupted poor little baby Alyssa. And he ended up being interrogated eight times over the next seven days. And that did lead to a bunch of residents thinking that he did have involvement, which we'll touch on just a little bit later. I have some opinions, but okay, we kind of have to get there. We're going to fast forward a little here. So they ended up finding um, Elizabeth's body. She is confirmed dead at this point. And now Dustin's being interrogated as if he does have a part in this, or at least they're pretty certain that Alyssa did. And so because he's very close to her, they're trying to figure out what he knows. They have him in a polygraph and they tell him and there's footage and he just straight up like, Bleh like throws up he did fail his polygraph so like there are some things where it's like that can either be seen as stress that he had something to do with it yeah it's, that traumatized me too yeah it's really hard to judge and like i said there's just like a little bit more that lends screams to the fact that he could have had some involvement something interesting to note when they were doing his polygraph they asked him three questions that were essentially asking did you have anything to do with her murder all three he failed it See, how be... accurate are those like you know so that's the thing is like they're not admissible in court they're just used to get like an idea essentially of like oh he might be guilty so like 
every time I hear like he failed his polygraph I kind of roll my eyes because I'm like well he's also 16 and he's a nervous boy like he just found out it's a scary situation yeah yeah so like he could very well just have been panicking like I would panic I forget the medical term for this I guess it sort of correlates but like there's people who have like anxiety related to going to a doctor's office and so oftentimes they're their blood pressure will read high mm-hmm. and their heart rate will, will read high, but it's because they're anxious and like they yeah. don't, they can't like regulate it. Like it happened to my friend. They tried to say she had high blood pressure. She's like, no, it's just because I'm here. Like I usually do not have high blood pressure. Like, yeah. and then she went and like did it a thing on her own. Like, you know, when you can go to like the like CVS pharmacy. And, mm-hmm. yeah. It's just, she just gets really scared to go to the doctor. And so I feel like in that scenario, I would psych myself out too. If I was getting a polygraph, I feel like you could ask me is the sky blue and I'd fail, you know, yeah. I'd be anxious. <laughs> That's what makes it hard is like, he just got done having a panic attack because he found out that his girlfriend murdered someone allegedly at the time. And now he's being potentially implicated. I'm sure he's shitting bricks, man. And having that bad boy reputation, he's mm-hmm. probably also psyching himself out being like, are people just going to assume that I did right. this because I've done these other little things or whatever? Exactly. Yeah. It was also really interesting because they did bring up on the night of the murder, they saw another person with Alyssa while she's trying to get like the body buried and everything. Witnesses alleged that they had seen someone with a similar build of Dustin and wearing the same outfit that he was wearing like in his interrogation. So like shit doesn't look good, but it was never confirmed. When did the witnesses come forward? I wonder if they came forward like in the beginning and maybe that's why they didn't hold the do the whole 24 hour missing person thing. Be. Like, I wonder if there was like 911 phone calls where they're like, hey, I saw this really weird thing. <laughs> like, That's a good point. I actually don't know. Unfortunately, at this point, like I said, they have found Elizabeth's body. And actually, the way that they went about it was super interesting. On the 23rd, written evidence came in and said that Alyssa's fucked, basically. Like, she's hosed. She did it. They went into questioning thinking that she might have knowledge but I guess not really necessarily believing that she had anything to do with it 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 seems like they kind of thought she did it but then we're like well she's just a kid so maybe not so anyway there's Alyssa's interrogation and it's really interesting because you can kind of see the mood change once they start finding incriminating shit as they're doing a search warrant at Alyssa's house in tandem to her interrogation so you can see the cops kind of like shift because they're like shit she definitely did it so yeah as they're doing this interrogation they seize muddy clothes two shovels and her diary like we talked about a little bit earlier they also are poking around Alyssa's house just to see if they can find like these holes that people were talking about at this point they're doing a ping for Elizabeth's phone and they find it behind Alyssa's house where her little whole sanctuary is. You remember how I talked about Alyssa was like, oh no, we didn't really hang out. That's how they figured out that Alyssa and Elizabeth were hanging out because they could see both of their cell phones like boop, boop, boop next to each other walking into the woods. By the time Alyssa buried her, she'd turned off the phone. That's how they knew that Alyssa's full of shit. To this day, it's kind of unclear how Alyssa got her into the woods. A lot of people just think that Elizabeth was headed home. And then Alyssa was like, hey, dude, I got to show you something super cool in the forest. Like, let's go. And Elizabeth went, okay. She trusted Alyssa. 
they were family and friends why wouldn't she i feel like yeah when you when someone's like your best friend you're gonna be like yeah let's go do that yeah let's go play in the woods <laughs> not assume that they're gonna murder you in the woods <laughs> the amount yeah. of times i got dragged into the woods when i lived in michigan because it's just so normal like we played in the woods all the time are you kidding i would never expect oh, my yeah. friend to like maim me in the forest so they end up pulling the phone records for elizabeth and they see that Alyssa had called her probably again just be like dude i gotta show you something in the forest and then they wound up in the forest and we all know what happened don't forget Alyssa's still in her interrogation now that investigators know what's up they've already found elizabeth's body they found the diary, they found the shovel and the pants and the muddy clothes, everything. And they're like, hey, we got a few questions for you, like additional questions, Alyssa. They are like, we found her body. What do you got to say? Like, what happened? And Alyssa was like, oh, no, like I knew she was dead. We were playing in the forest and she hit her head and she died. I was just scared to say anything. And the cops say something to the extent of when we look at her body, are we going to find a slash on her throat? And Alyssa just goes, yeah. They'll go through and do an autopsy. Okay. And they will discover every injury on her body and the cause of death. And, and I understand you said she fell and that's why she died. However, they will know from the autopsy if she was shot, if she was hit in the head, if her throat was cut. They will know all of that from the autopsy. So we need, we need to know the truth because at the end of the autopsy, they will know exactly how she died. So we need to know now the full truth, full disclosure right now. So it doesn't come out later that, well, it wasn't telling the full truth again. How did she kill her? I didn't, she died. How did she die? Nine-year-old girls don't just die. that she fell back and hit her head. Was her throat cut? Yeah. Oh. Grandma. Oh my God. She was her mother. I'm not gonna ask any questions right now until we get. And at that point, her grandma, she's crying like she needs to get the fuck out of the room. Alicia. Gets arrested on the spot. Fucking obviously. Hopefully. And this is when they bring up her diary. I don't know if she thought that this would help her case, but she had written some fucked up stuff in there that we actually have the quotes for. I'll read it in a sec. But in order to cover it up or at least try to, she'd like scribbled over it. But the FBI was involved. So they found a way to like basically trace it out and figure out what she said. She wrote in her diary, quote, I just fucking killed someone. I strangled them and slit their throat and stabbed them. Now they're dead. I don't know how to feel ATM at the moment. This is amazing. As soon as you get over the, oh my God, I can't do this feeling, it's pretty enjoyable. I'm kind of nervous and shaky right now though. Okay, gotta go to church now. LOL, unquote. She's writing it like it's a freaking MySpace status. Right, like LOL, just take someone's life and girl boss. No. That's absolutely nuts. That's yep. just like no empathy at all. In court, she ended up confessing to killing Elizabeth, and she said that she strangled Elizabeth before cutting her throat and stabbing her in the chest. 
Afterward, Alyssa buried Elizabeth's body in her hand-dug shallow grave behind their home. Interestingly, cops did look into and try to prosecute Alyssa and were unable to find DNA of Elizabeth anywhere on Alyssa, Alyssa's clothes, or under her fingernails. So it's almost like Alyssa wasn't there, which is kind of why people thought Dustin could be involved. She just had like the muddy clothes, the confession in her diary, you know, stuff like that. But it's almost like she was a spectator. It's just really interesting. And I don't know what to think about that that she didn't exist for all intents and purposes at the crime scene, but obviously she did it. And they were able to prosecute her because she confessed in the interrogation and in her diary. But yeah, that's just like a little bit of a circle back to the Dustin conspiracy that he could have been involved. To help her cover it up. Obviously, they were able to get Alyssa on first-degree murder, but her defense attorney cited her past with, like, suicide attempts and her mental health struggles, her age, which is a fair argument. I think I kept saying she was 12. She was 15. So it's like, I see it, but someone is now dead. She might be out in 30 years after parole. Oh, wow. And on parole after 30 years. She is not in for very long because of her past, because of her age during this crime. There were a lot of components that went into it, but obviously Patty's fucking pissed, dude. Like her daughter's dead because this knothead wanted to run around and play serial killer for a minute and ruined their lives forever and should probably also have her life ruined. Like, what are you doing? So that's kind of the big controversy right now. Not that it matters. It's not getting changed, unfortunately. Yeah. And the prosecutor had actually argued for 71 years to life oh wow okay she murdered someone unfortunately they didn't get it they got the 30 years after that she might get on parole so i mean i think at the end of the day it just kind of comes down to see something say something kids if your friend's talking about wanting to murder someone doesn't matter if they're kidding just say something seriously (laughs) you're putting yourself or others in danger then like teach your kids to rat their friends out it's fine to be a snitch anywho Thanks for hanging out with me. This was fun. This was terrifying and fun. I I love (laughs) it. No, I'm glad you were here. It was super fun. It was nice to have someone to like bounce thoughts and opinions off of um if you guys are interested in cases like this i feel like i've only been talking about women i don't think i've done a single man killer yet um yeah so i might have to do that next week but if you guys are interested in cases like this let me know and if there's like another similar like young person killer case or like uh, another female killer let me know and i will look into that and just leave it in the comment section on youtube or if you're listening to this as a podcast go to my instagram at creeps and creeps podcast and i will have a associated post for every single episode so you just comment in the post like i always say in the comment section let's keep it constructive there's no reason to be an asshole to one another like you can have your opinion i can have my opinion we do not need to agree on opinions let's just tap the brakes everybody just be chill yeah. okay so <laughs> if you guys liked this feel free to subscribe like share comment all of that on youtube if you're listening as a podcast please feel free to Follow the show, subscribe to the show, leave a rating and a review, hopefully five stars. Hopefully I earned the right to five stars. (laughs) I got through episode one and I was like, five stars. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) And then I sent it to like a bunch of my friends and they were like, 
this is so my vibe. They're like, I'm going to keep listening to this. And they were like, her voice is so soothing. I'm like, yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, friends. (laughs) Yeah. And then again, Butterfly, where can we find you? Yeah. So you can find me on pretty much every social media outlet, except for I'm not really on Twitter, but (laughs) I'm mostly on TikTok and Instagram. And then any, anywhere music is sold, you can hear my music. Um, We can put it in the description below. Yes. My name, I, I'm Butterfly, but I don't spell it like how you'd spell the word Butterfly. <laughs> so we can put it in the description below because it's everyone gets tripped up with it. <laughs> Go check out, my, my latest song was called You Give Me. It's um, so good. My darkest, if you like a more dark and like menacing vibe, go listen to Fly Away From Me. You'll love it. <laughs> oh my God. It's so good. You guys, her music is fucking fuego. So go listen to it. Anyway, thanks for joining us. For thanks. having me. I had a blast and I'm so excited to talk about some, some paranormal stuff next. I know. We're going to get right into that. You guys don't know that because <laughs> to you, it's going to come out on Tuesday and Thursday, but to us, we're getting right into the shit. So, anywho... <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Stay tuned for the full music video for You Give Me.